Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As believers in Christ, nothing can be more exciting than to analyze the geopolitical tensions that are arising globally in contrast to biblical prophecy. On the other hand, these things sometimes bring fear and anxiety into our lives. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that all things are under the authority of God, and he keeps no secrets from his own. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 2nd, 2019. All these articles I read, they say, you know, by September, October, November, the election year, the presidential election campaign is going to be in full swing, full, you know, full on campaign mode. I'm like, what planet do you live on? It's already in full campaign mode. How many uh, candidates now on the Democratic side are running for president? Like 185 of them or something like that? If Israel says hello to new elections in September, it is safe to assume it can kiss goodbye U.S. President Donald Trump's deal of the century. The analyst goes on to explain the dynamics, the political dynamics of trying to unveil something of this magnitude this late in the president's term. Because the president, if he does implement it, it is agreed upon, he would also then need to shepherd it forward. He can't just, here's the plan, see you, have a nice afternoon. There's also the risk of this late in the game, in his first term, having such a high-profile failure on his resume going into the 2020 election. You know, I was (laughs) musing, I guess for lack of a better word, about all of this, as sometimes I do. And I think it It happened when on one particular day, I'm sitting in my office and on one of my screens, they've got, you know, all 185 Democratic candidates on the, you know, screen with their, you know, pictures and their names underneath. And I'm looking at them going, so they're all going to run for president and in 2020. And uh, I was thinking about what James said. Don't say 
I'm going to go into such and such a city and do business there or run for president (laughs) or do this or do that, because you don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, and I, I hope you don't misunderstand me when I say this, but who's to say there's even going to be a presidential election next year? Now some of you are going, are you getting into that whole conspiracy thing? No. Are you setting dates? Absolutely not. James says, Lord willing. You should say, Lord willing, because you don't know. Your life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. You don't know. Anything can happen. We're what? Someone help me out here. Today's uh, June 2nd. So June, July, August, September, October, November. We're a year and a half away. Right? Am I right? Okay, good. Thank you so much. (laughs) We're a year and a half away from the 2020 presidential election. And we're already talking about that? Be careful. I think as Christians, we need to take very seriously. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen. Oh, sure, we can speculate and pontificate, and but we don't know. The Lord could come back and rapture the church tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, this afternoon would be great. I'm not trying to and I hope I don't come off as being dismissive or disrespectful of these experts. But I have to say that they don't know. No one knows. Only God knows. They don't know what and who we know. Let me say that again. What they don't know is who and what we know. I'm sure you've heard it said. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And here's the thing. The one who holds the future has told us what the future holds. Did you know that? Yeah, right here. Who knew? God knew. He's told us, in fact, it's believed that one-third of the Bible is prophecy. The one who holds the future has told us what the future holds. It's right here. I can predict the future. So can you. Because God has unveiled to us What's going to happen 
at the time of the end. How's this going to end? Right here. It's right here. It's gonna, this is how it's going to end. Is there going to be a peace plan? Yeah, Daniel 9.27, right here. Are they going to try to divide Jerusalem? Yeah, Zechariah 12, right here. Right here. <laughs> is the, this, this is going to, all right, bring it on. This is going to get me a lot of emails and a lot of comments, but I rejoice in that suffering. So anyway. <laughs> Is the church going to be taken out before the seven-year tribulation? Yeah, right here. And here, and here, and here, and here, and here, and here, and here. You know, at the end of each year, bear with me, I'm uh, almost done. Not really, I'm not actually almost done. So, (laughs) at the beginning of a new year, at the end of the previous year, there's always these predictions, you know, what is the... What's going to happen in the new year? What's going to happen in 2019? I can tell you what's going to happen in 2019. Because God told me what's going to happen in 2019. No, I'm not predicting the rapture. But God has told me that the world's going to be a certain way at the time of the end, and it's going to get worse. And a lot of these things are going to be like birth pains that come in greater intensity and shorter frequency. But, remember we talked about this, was that last week we talked about this? Putting the but in the right place? Life is hard, but God is good. It's not, God is good, but life is hard. No, the but's in the wrong place. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's what my future holds. He will never leave me nor forsake me. That's what my future holds. And I can just go on and on. And I know the plans I have for you in the future, the Lord says, Jeremiah 29, 11, a life verse for many, and rightfully so. Plans to bless you and prosper you and give you a future and a hope, not to harm you, not to hurt you, not to injure you. No. That's my future. John 14, verse 29. Listen to what Jesus said. I have told you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, and it will happen, and it's happening, you will believe. In other words, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens, so when it begins to happen, I've got your attention now, because I told you this was going to happen, and now it's happening, and I told you it was going to happen, before it happened, and now it's happening. Do you believe? Yes. Are you kidding me? Revelation chapter 1, Ah, one of my favorite books in the Bible along with all the other 65 books of the Bible, but particularly the book of Revelation. You know that the book of Revelation is the only book in all of the Bible that promises a blessing to those who read it, hear it, and take it to heart? The only book. And isn't it interesting that it's the one book that Christians are the most afraid of? Oh, it's it's apocalyptic. It's too hard to understand. 
The book of Revelation's a gnarly book. <laughs> right? Okay, bear with me on this, but I know this is going to be deeply profound. Revelation, reveal. You know, apocalypsos in the Greek, we have this, you know, image in our mind, apocalypse. You know what the word apocalypsos in the original language means? Unveiling, revealing, revelation. I told you to bear with me on that. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a revealing book. It's God taking the veil off of the future and revealing it. The revelation. Listen to chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. John is writing. He's on the island of Patmos where he was banished to die. This is about the year 95 AD, it's believed. And this is when he receives the revelation. And John writes, when I saw him, speaking of Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me. How comforting is that? Saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. So be it. And it gets better. <laughs> I have the keys of Hades and of death. And then in verse 19, he says to John, Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. In other words, John, I'm going to reveal to you what's going to take place in the future. So John is told to write, one has described verse 19 as the divine outline in the book of Revelation. John, I want you to write what you were an eyewitness of, past tense. And then after that, I want you to write present tense, that which is now, the seven letters to the seven churches in chapters 2 and 3. And then after that, I want you to write about everything that is going to take place after yet future. Do you know that from chapter 4, verse 1, on through the rest of the book of Revelation, chapter 22, are all the events that are going to take place yet future. Let me also say, parenthetically, because I can't help myself, so I'm going to say it, the word church is mentioned 19 times in chapter 1, which is past, chapters 2 and 3, which is present, and then not mentioned after chapter 4, verse 1. You know what chapter 4, verse 1 says? I should probably read it, but basically says this. John is told to come up here, and he hears what is the sound of a trumpet. 
and he's taken up into heaven, and he's shown from heaven, chapter 4, verse 1, everything that will take place, metatelta in the Greek, after these things. And chapter 4 and 5, I believe, is speaking of the rapture of the church prior to the seven-year tribulation, because chapters 6 through 19 are all about the seven-year tribulation, and the word church isn't mentioned one time in those chapters. The reason the church is not mentioned in chapters 6 through 19, all about the tribulation, is because the church does not go through the tribulation. The purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. I did not make that up, by the way. I cannot take credit for that. I totally stole that from somebody else. The purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. And that's all in the book of Revelation. That's what will take place after the present church age, chapters 2 and 3. One of the main reasons we do these prophecy updates is to bring attention to, really sound the alarm concerning that which is about to happen, as we're told it would in God's Word. Again, we we can know the future because we know the one who holds the future. And I could just picture Jesus putting his hand on the Apostle John's shoulder, just, it's okay, don't be afraid of what the future holds. Don't be afraid, because I hold the future. And I know the plans that I have for you in the future. This is why we always end with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we also share the childlike, simple ABCs of salvation, which very simply is how to be saved. How to be saved. This is what the future holds. This is who holds the future. Um, (laughs) Are you ready? Do you believe? If you don't, then may I just very humbly, but also bluntly say to you, the most important decision you will ever make in your life is for eternal life which is given to you as a gift paid for in full by Jesus Christ on the cross almost 2,000 years ago. That's what the gospel is. Jesus Christ came, He was crucified, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, and, good news, He's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the gospel. Good news. The good news of salvation found in the person and the finished work on the cross by Jesus Christ, which is what we're going to celebrate today if you stay for the communion table. What are the ABCs of salvation? Well, the A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned. This is in effect what it means to repent. Repent means to change, do a 180 where you have a change of mind so God can now change your heart from the inside out by the Holy Spirit. But it's changing your mind and acknowledging, I've I've sinned against God. And you turn from your sin and you turn to Jesus Christ because He's the Savior. 
who saves you from your sin. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. No one will ever be good enough. You might be a good person. You might be watching online, and okay, you might have a good heart, but you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 explains why. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin, the penalty, well, it's the death penalty. The wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. We've all sinned. We've broken God's law. We've transgressed. We've fallen short of His perfect standard of righteousness. And there's a penalty that comes, and it's the death penalty. But here's the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's a gift? I know this is basic, but a gift is something that you give and someone receives. They don't pay for it. If they pay for it, it's no longer a gift. But someone had to pay for that gift. Jesus paid it all. It cost him everything. It cost him his life. He paid in full for that free gift offered to us of eternal life. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Is this too simple? Is childlike simple? Maybe that's part of the problem. It seems too good to be true. Well, if it's too good to be true, it's God, because God is too good and God is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no one goes to the Father except through me. Here's the C lastly. It's for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13. This is what seals the deal, as I like to say it. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All. All have sinned, but all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, turning to Him as the Savior for your sins, I implore you today to not put off the most important decision you will ever make. It's a prayer away. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.